goes through your head when you're locked in a guillotine choke in the middle of an octagon? How do you fight out of it and another choke almost immediately afterwards before going on to win what is quickly labelled as an absolute barn burner of a fight? Does retaining your title in such circumstances get you more respect in the aftermath? And how do you celebrate when you're in the middle of Vegas? Matter of fact, what's next on the agenda after all of that? Perhaps a certain Irish fighter? I'm your host, Joey Lynch, and this is Beyond the Lead with Alexander Volkanovsky. In his own words, Australia UFC fighter Alexander Volkanovsky proved the doubters wrong in September, defeating challenger Brian Ortega by a unanimous decision to retain his featherweight title at UFC 266 in Vegas. In what was a much-anticipated bout, the two had been set to meet in March, only for the fight to be postponed when Volkanovsky tested positive for COVID. There'd been opposing coaches on a season of The Ultimate Fighter reality show, and let's just say the verbal barbs had been flying in the lead into the reorganised fight. Ortega, at one stage, looked to have the title won as he sunk in multiple chokes in the third round, only for Volkanovsky to escape and respond to some absolutely vicious strikes that left Ortega seemingly out on his feet when the bell rang to signal the end of the round. By the end of the fight, the champion had outlanded his challenger 214-88 to in significant strikes, with a 53-0 to margin for strikes on the ground, this giving him a well-deserved unanimous win. It was the third most strikes landed in a featherweight fight in UFC history, and the seventh most in UFC history across any weight division. Having retained both his title and put in a third round, quickly labelled as an all-time classic, Olkanovsky took the time to do a bit of partying in Vegas, as you do, before returning home to Australia with coach Joe Lopez and entering quarantine, something he's gotten pretty used to as of late. While in there, he caught up with ESPN's Sam Bruce to discuss his fight, that famous third round, his future plans, perhaps if Conor McGregor fits into that, getting respect, and a whole lot more. But first... He touched on that oh-so-joyous spell of hotel quarantine. Yeah, mate, it's a, you know, we've done it a few times now, so we're sort of used to it. Uh, Joe's on the bike right now, just out here on the veranda, so we're getting our work in, uh, you know, uh, we're getting uh, spoilt, you know, people are sending us food and, and whatnot, and, but, you know, just all media and just soaking it up, man. It's all a part of it. We knew, we knew going into this fight that we would have to do this, so no point uh, crying about it. But how good's that? The flag in the belt look. The flag I told in the you belt. I was bringing it back to Australia. You did I told indeed. you that. You're a man of your words. Um, let's start there. Let's start there, I guess. Um, just an absolute bone burner of a fight, really. Uh, been described one of the fights of the year. Um, a couple of all-time rounds, even from the UFC's history. Um, goes a distance. You're in control most of the fight, apart from a couple of occasions, which we'll come to shortly. But... Um, Mate, just reflect on the, on that fight for us. And I guess having fans back in for the first time uh, in about 18 months for you. Yeah, man, it was, uh, yeah, you know, the whole, whole thing was incredible, mate. Just a whole five week, um, there was a real buzz the whole week. Um, I was just really, I was in my element, man. I was, I was uh, absolutely loving it. Press conferences, all that, the crowds, even though they were booing me and he was getting all the cheers and all that, I absolutely loved it, mate. I was buzzing. 
um, you know, even the the face-offs we're doing and things getting a little bit heated and, and whatnot. I absolutely love the whole whole, whole thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's I'm a changed man now, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean I'm going to always be a heel. I'm going to just have a go at everyone. But, mate, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, going out of my way to try and entertain. So maybe maybe that's uh, where we go from there. Again, yeah, it's we- entertainment, entertainment business, and I really enjoyed the whole thing about it, and especially with the crowds. I'm like, I just want... I just want to entertain, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, put on a show for him because, man, what a, what a, what a moment. That, you know, it was pretty incredible to be a part of, you know, pretty much made history with Ortega. So it was uh, pretty cool. It is right. You, you're right when you say uh, it's really the first time, I guess, you've engaged in that kind of fashion and really bought into the, the pre-match, um, you know, build up and really trying to antagonise each other, I guess. Um, why was that the case this time around, mate? Was it born out of the rivalry? Obviously, his coaches on the on the Ultimate Fighter there. I know there was a, you know, you guys had your jokes at the same time, but there was a little bit of ill feeling clearly as well. Um, just talk us through that, uh, how you came to that decision this time around. Yeah, man, just uh, obviously spending so much time with them. There's going to be things that annoy you. There's going to be things that are said. Uh, you know, I've seen that, you know, we could get under his skin pretty, pretty easily. So I was uh, always going to, you know, try and get in his head a little bit um, going into this one. Um, obviously, there was that, you know, a little bit of bad, bad blood. You know, obviously, it's not the worst you've ever seen, but there was a dislike for each other. You know what I mean? Purely just, even though it started off as just stirring the pot and all that, you know, when you're competing with someone and you're saying stuff and you're trying to get under each other's skin, you're going to get under each other's skin. So, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm composed. No matter how much I hate someone, I'm always going to be composed and level-headed going into a fight. So I was always fine with it, knowing that no matter where this... Uh, you know, animosity went, whether we end up punching on in the elevator or whatever it was, come fight time, I'll be ready, I'll be ready to do do work anyway, no matter what. So, um, but yeah, just knowing that how much I enjoyed it and how much I got out of it, whole new confidence out of the whole thing, mate, it's, yeah, you're going you're to see a bit more. Bull Volk, like I said, Bull Volk's the new man, he's coming for everyone. He's coming for everyone. Let's talk then, mate. I guess let's dig a little bit more in on, on the crowd during the fight. As I mentioned, uh, first time, I know you only had the one fight there against Max where you there was no crowd uh, in between um, when you did have crowds back at the end when you first won the title there. But how did it um, how did it change things for you? You mentioned that there was, you know, probably a majority American support clearly for, for Ortega. Um, did you feed off that? How did you use it to your advantage? Man, I just... Uh, I- Use, use it all. I love, I always say, like, I love the doubters and the haters and, uh, you know, people going to keep doubting me and I use that as fuel. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'll be like, oh, no, yeah, I've got something to prove. You know what I mean? I like having something to prove because it makes me work harder. It makes me more prepared. It makes me, um, you know, do all these, you know, I'm probably going to do them anyway, but, you know, all the one percenters, you know what I mean? I'm going to go above and beyond uh, in preparation. Um, and you see it, you know, in inbound performances and, and obviously anyone that trains me knows that you know, there's no one that works harder than me. There's no one that prepares as well as me and, you know, does what they need to do to get themselves ready. So these these haters and doubters just just make me work harder. You know what I mean? I work hard enough as it is. You know, I'm unbeatable as it is. Then you want to add that that fire in my belly? Whole different beast. So, uh, yeah, they can bring it. But, I mean, obviously after this last one, um, you know, it definitely seems to have changed a fair bit. Uh, you know, but, yeah, fighting in front of the crowd and all that. No crowd. Was just terrible. Actually, me and Joe just watched um, the the second uh, Max fight just then. Actually, so just yeah, fighting no crowd and that is just it's it's terrible. Once you even watch back, like you know what I mean. But um, mate, let me tell you, 
I don't want to bring it up, but we were just watching that. Because we obviously talk about the bias going into even the Ortega match. I don't know if you're going to come uh, talk about that, but there was a bit of a bias. But damn, it is hard to watch that second uh, match fight with how bad they were, man. Like, I need to say something to these guys because that is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm not going to dive into that too much, but we just watched that and we just laughing the whole time. It's like, are they serious or what? You know what I mean? It was uh, pretty incredible. But anyway, that's the not not that it wasn't close. Obviously, I know it was close, but I mean, they did not help uh, my my uh, my situation one bit. You know, it was pretty pretty embarrassing on their behalf. But anyway, uh, they sort of try to do that again. I feel. In this Ortega, you know what I mean? It's like Americans against the Aussies. I don't know what it was. Me flagging the flag, you know, high. Represent Oz. Let them boo. I don't care. I'm bringing this belt back to Australia. And that was clear. You know, there was no disrespect to the Americans. It was just pure, too much pride. You know what I mean? And, and that belt was always coming back home. Whether they didn't like it, they're, they're against me for it because they want that belt in, the, in America. I don't know what it is. But, um, yeah, I feel like there was still a bias, even though when you got the doctors and refs and, and going above and beyond to – to give a, you know, favor, favor my opponents, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, it's not fair, obviously, but they can't stop me. They can do whatever they want. I'm unbeatable. So we're good. back home supporting me. So we're good. We'll get to the, I guess, the, the doctors there with Ortega later in the round and what looks, you know, as if he, he looked finished, but I guess, mate, before we, we get to there, just talk us through the, the five rounds in, in your perspective, how you saw it, whether you felt like you, you executed, I guess, your, your fight plan um, as you hope to do so. Oh, mate, well, you could see in the stand-up that I had control in the, in the whole fight. Uh, when, it, when you're talking stand-up, the last 10 seconds, I think, where, where Ortega ended up uh, blitzing a couple of uh, strikes, caught me by surprise. So that was like probably the only time he actually, you know, a lot of the times I've seen him coming and, you know, I'm usually, you know, all the punches you throw, I see come and make him miss. Then once, uh, yeah, he you know, extended a little bit. He followed up a, a bit more than he usually did because he, you know, he just wanted to ah, come at me. So credit to him. But other than that, the whole the whole fight was, you know, I was in control the whole fight. You know what I mean? Obviously, just putting that puzzle in front of him. You know, his brain was just scrambled. Like what is going on here? You know what I mean? And I could see that uh, early in the in the fight. So again, the bias commentary maybe tells a tells a different story, but. You know, you, you look at the the stats and you can see that, oh, you know, I barely, barely got touched and, um, you know, I was definitely uh, landing the better shots and whatnot. Don't get me wrong, we were still competitive. Um, but, yeah, I felt in control the whole time. Obviously, the hairy moments with the su- submissions. Um, mate, like, you know, it's even though I was I was aware of everything going into that, into that guillotine, but, you know, that just shows you how good he executes <laughs> finishes, man, because... The way he wrapped that up, incredible. So, uh, you know, yeah, credit to him. But, uh, but again, I'm, I'm composed and level-headed and you need to kill me in there to, to take this belt away from me, you know what I mean? And in my family in Australia, you know, like I said, he's so much bigger than me. And I thought of everyone. While I was deep in that, that guillotine, while, I, you know, I, I literally started running out of breath. Um, I still stayed composed, but I ran out of breath. I could tell the blood, there was not much blood going to the brain. I'm like, oh, there's no way this is not going, you know, this belt isn't going back to my family back home to Australia. I thought of my family in that exact moment and I was, and I was like, this can't be it, you know what I mean? So I, even though I was defending, pushing on the hips, trying to hand fight, trying to get my legs and hips in a, in a better position, but he still had a strap so good because that's his move. So I literally was doing the right things and I couldn't get out. But I mean, I was like, so most people just give up, right? 
that's it. You know, I can't do it. I've tried everything. It's not working. But for me, I was just, I don't care if it wasn't working. I'm going to keep trying anyway until I'm either asleep, you know what I mean, or I'm out. That's it. So uh, I just kept fighting and, and fighting and made that space. And then, again, you know, not many people probably could have got out of that purely because to have the composure, um, you know, to hold their breath, uh, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, all that all that type of stuff, you know. I mean, not many people could do that, especially knowing that they tried everything and it wasn't working. For them to just keep throwing what they were already at them, you know, and just relying on he'll give up, not me, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, sure enough, I made that little bit of space and then got that chin out and he knew that it wasn't on, you know what I mean? And uh, that again, it was a crazy moment and shit you see in a movie, man, like it, was, it was pretty incredible. Just like, again, but the, my, my headspace in that whole situation, I could just picture it in a movie, you know what I mean? You know, you go there and then it goes, a vision. Because I literally had this weird vision, man, of just thinking of my family. It was, it was pretty incredible. A, 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 a moment I'll remember forever. Two things on that, bulk. I guess, um, how tight was it and secondly how do you talk us through the mechanics you saw talking there about creating the space how did you do that yeah. to get out of it yeah well man it was tight it was deep like i said he jumped on usually i'm very good at the space i was trying to make i usually make that space before he's anywhere near that deep but credit to him how quickly he can wrap up the neck and wrap them legs up suck his hips right in on your on your belly and like you know the, the grips he has the arch he's got the hips in the legs where they are positions locking my arms like that you know what i mean and usually people go for him and I'm, I'm already half out by the time they even try and get to the position he didn't give me that chance he was as deep as it can get so man like again not many people can can do that so i'm going to give him credit for that but i mean it was deep it was very very deep um i was trying to make space Obviously, push on his hips, uh, hand control, push on the hand to make a bit of space, especially once I realised that I couldn't get the hips up. I needed to make a little bit of space by pulling on the arm. I think that was probably the last little bit that that, that helped me. But, I mean, uh, you see me, he's seen how high his legs were. So, at the start, it was pushing his legs down and hip. You can see my legs going space. That was me to reposition my hips and his legs, uh, get him lower so I can start shifting his hips up to the roof um to you know really stop the angle yeah you know the the higher i bring him the the better the less the angle um so i tried that but he done a great job of still keeping them hips in and still having that arch and still having the hand in the right position so i was trying and trying and trying uh then i think i end up going to while i was pushing on the hip i went onto the arm and tilted that little bit you know what i mean to make the littlest bit of space and i felt it it went from like almost going different colours and slowing down and like, you know, as in this blood choke's deep. And I'm going to be honest, you know what I mean? I can sit there and be like, ah, I was never in trouble, you know, he never had me. But that's not me. I'm going to be real with you. It was close. And it was like, oh, like, you know, things are starting to change. This must mean that I'm close to going out, right? So that just made me, and that's when I was thinking of the film. I thought, no, I'm doing something. So I ended up pulling on that arm and shifting. I made the little space and I'm like, then everything cleared up again. And I'm like going, all right, I'm back. And then I end up just getting my chin in. And then by then he sort of knew. He might have even knew from, again, he knows his position. He's got it down packed. So he would have known as soon as I adjusted that arm a little bit and he would have felt a little bit of space, he probably started realising. I started getting my chin out and then he knew it was gone. So he, he just tried to improve his position. Uh, but you give me a little bit of space, I'm going to get up. So he tried to run, jump on the DAS. But, um, you know, I always knew I was up. He, he lost that position. 
So I was always going to the single. I had the arm right behind his legs. So him going for the dance and all that was always going to be hard for him to get the real angle. And I always knew that I would end up on top. So, um, yeah, once that is that that was happening, I was like, oh, I'm going to get on top and I know he's gas. I'm going to pour it on. So that's exactly what I did. I just started raining down bombs and elbows and, and whatnot. How big a momentum shift was that, Volker? You, you mentioned getting up and and just, I guess, flicking the script of, of the round at that point. Um, he's put so much energy into, you know, trying to submit you and yet you've escaped and then absolutely turned defence into attack and started, as you mentioned, pummeling away with the elbows and the punches. And, and really then it was a case of Ortega having to hold on. Yeah, well, that's when you start talking about, you know, you got that alpha sort of, you know, dog sort of, can't let him get one up on me, you know what I mean? Get, get that payback and let him, you know what I mean? Competitor sort of side of me is like, oh, man, he just, he had me in this position. I'm, I'm going to make him pay, you know what I mean? And, and then knowing, obviously, me using my brain and being like, he would be gassed from that, 100%. He put everything into that. He used legs, hips, core strength, arm strength, and was uh, in the deepest position and tried so hard to hold. I'm like, I guarantee he's gassed. So I, once I turned, I knew I was just going to rain down bombs on him. I uh, got a bit overzealous and, you know, again, me punching him in the face, uh, obviously doing damage, but he's got quite a chin where you know, he probably used that just to get his breath back. <laughs> and then he ends up uh, throwing up a submission, another submission, a triangle, which I seen coming. I went to Archer. I don't know if I, I went off balance a little bit and he, he turned the angle on me. I started going up. I was doing the right thing and then like sort of fell to the side. He grabbed the leg and had me in a... Again, you look at it in the deep. It wasn't as deep as a guillotine, but I mean, technique-wise, he did everything right. I was in a bad position. Technique-wise, had me over, got the real angle, grabbed the leg. You know what I mean? He had all the angles, but, you know, I, again, I just, just you know, making the space. You know, I'm pretty good at making the space where we, I put myself in these deep triangles and deep uh, guillotines that much times. Uh, Darces, anacondas, all camp. So I just, I was pretty good at making space. Getting out of the submissions, usually harder, but making space, I was pretty good at. So, uh, you know, I end up, he got me the bad angle, which I didn't want to get there, but he did a good job. So I pulled on the knee a little bit, uh, pressed on him a bit, sort of laid down so it would make it harder for his angle, uh, for his legs to get tighter. And that, that made the space. And then he realised it wasn't only try to get on top, and I just used that to, to get up. And then that was when you see the last 20, 30 seconds, where again, I'm just like, I'm going to make you pay for that. Because you, I know, I know you're dead after that. So that's when I just started raining bombs. Was it a case of Volk? Um, that was the best. You knew that Brian had to throw at you. Basically, that that they were they were his two, I guess, big weapons: the the guillotine and the and the triangle. And at the end of that round four, Daniel Cormier actually in commentary says uh, Volkanovski just looks phenomenal tonight. Did you feel that at that point going into round five? And I guess. Um, Mate, where, where does this rate as a performance in your career? Is it right up in the, the top two or three? Oh, man, it's right up there. It is. You know, I mean, there was hearing moments, but to even show, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to get deeper than the positions. And for me to get out of that just shows you the type of human being I am. And that just, it's scary for people. They look at that and be like, how the fuck do you beat this guy? Uh, he, you know, he's, he's out striking the strikers, out voluming the, out, like, the volume strikers. Like using wrestling against wrestling, I mean wrestlers, you know, using it against them, grappling, you know what I mean? And then you, you name it, I'm beating all these people at their own game. So, and then you look at the toughness and all that type of stuff. But yeah, again, you, you look at Ortega's last performance and whatnot, like he showed that he's a, 
he's definitely, you know, there, there's obviously levels in his shows that he's top tier, but then I, t- I tried telling him that we're another level again, you know, I'm another level again, you know what I mean? Like what you're doing is great, but you ain't going to be doing them things to me. You know what I mean? It's a, again, you, you look good, you, you've worked on things, but these things you're working on, my work on zombie while he's standing flat footed ain't going to work on me. I'm doing too much, you know, your brain's going crazy in there, let alone your, your, your physical, you know, physically and mentally just draining them. So performance-wise was good. The pressure was there. It was entertaining. Um, you know, I was uh, trying to get the finish, but he was tough, you know, all of it. So it was all of it. And then obviously the whole buzz around it and the entertainment side of things, and, you know, that, that makes it probably separate uh, to the rest. Having watched it back, I guess, did you think the, the fight should have been stopped there? Going into the fifth round, he was he looked pretty beaten. I mean, you've got to tip your hat to him and say all respect for, for fighting on and, and, you know, going through to the the final 25th minute there, but um, he certainly looked pretty, pretty done there at the end of the fourth. Yeah, man, he was, uh, he was done. I don't know. Again, I tell people, I don't know if he was looking for a way out. And I don't mean that in disrespect, you know, he threw everything at me, uh, copped a lot of damage. He was tired, busted up, uh, couldn't get up. He, I think he thought the round, he thought the fight was over. He thought ref, the ref stopped it. So he was laying down because he was that fresh. Then to get told that, oh, no, it's still going. Like, he's probably like, oh, man, and probably telling himself he was done. That's why, you know, when they were asking him questions and that, like, I don't know if he was uh, playing it dumb, just be like, oh, I'm done, but I don't want to give up. Um, but, again, you, you're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to get lifted off the stool. Uh, I lifted to the stool, which he's already shown you it was a TKO. Um, and then the fact that he was wobbling, answering questions wrong, it obviously should have been stopped. Uh, even if Herb Dean's saying now that it wasn't that he was that rocked, it was just tired. You know what I mean? Like, cause he, he made a vote, he made it public that he thought Ortega was more tired. That's what it was. So he pretty much just admitted that he wanted to give him a minute rest, yeah. which is just like, mate, like we talk about a bias against me, you know, it's pretty clear, you know what I mean? And again, I don't want to throw shade, but I mean, I'll still be respectful, but at the end of the day, it looks like there's certain people in the system against me, but hey, that ain't gonna stop me. So they can keep uh, they can keep doing this bias. Maybe it's changed after this one. You know, maybe they're all jumping on board now. Maybe they you know just ride the the bulk train, the Great Rain. You know, I mean, jump on the Great Rain uh, era. Um, so we'll see we'll see what happens from here. But again, the fight definitely should have been stopped. I think if the tables were turned, uh, they would have been definitely trying to stop the fight uh, to take that belt away from. Me. I think Conor McGregor uh, is, is a bloke who's well known for running his mouth off bulk. Um, he took to social media. Uh, he might have been uh, enjoying a few beverages uh, while doing so. Uh, described <laughs> you as a, as, a, as, a, as a little fart that he'd, he'd kick you like a football. Um, I think you had the perfect response to him at the time. But um, I was having a discussion with uh, some being colleagues in Auckland last year ahead of fight night. Um, the last time I was overseas. Uh, talking about getting Connor down to Sydney. Uh, we put it at ANZ Stadium. We get 100,000 people there. That would be my absolute, you know, guarantee. And, and the, the other boys were having none of, none of it. But, um, man, I know it's probably unlikely to happen because the UFC doesn't like outdoor arenas, clearly. And um, But is there any chance of, mate, you two throwing down in the future? And, and could we make it happen down here in Australia? I know it's tough at the moment, but you know, towards the end of next year, perhaps? Is uh, is that something you'd honestly like to have a crack at? Oh, 100% I would. You know, on, on my end, 
hey, all green lights on my end, no, no dramas. But, I mean, then you've got to look at, you know, what, what the UFC want to do. Then you've got to look at Connor's team looking at that fight and being like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm no mug. You can't just expect to just go and take me out early. Uh, well, that is your only chance because if you, if you do not uh, get me out in the first round or even the first couple of minutes, it's going downhill very fast for them. And they know that. So they know that's, uh, you know, especially me with the strategy and all that. It's not a, not a smart fight for me. But uh, at the end of the day, do I think it's going to happen anytime soon? Probably not. But um, so I won't waste too much energy on it. But, uh, you know, it's a compliment anyway. You know, when, when he's a, you know that for him to tweet about it and all that type of stuff and have shots of me, it's purely because there's a lot of hype, a lot of a buzz. Everyone's talking about the fight. Everyone's talking about me. He wants to jump in on that. So it's a compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. You got Henry Sudo doing the same. Uh, you know, what I mean, you got Oscar De La Hoya and Dana White going at it. You know, I'm purely everyone's trying to. A lot of these people are, uh, are tweeting and saying stuff because of the hype around what just happened. So I just take it all as a compliment. How was the party in Vegas, mate? Uh, we saw you at the uh, Las Vegas Raiders NFL game on the big screen. Uh, the boys looked like they were having a time. Yeah, mate, it was a. Uh, it was great, man. It was good. It was good to obviously. You know, I think everyone in Australia, you know, especially all the, the, the supporters and my MMA fans would have been upset with me if I didn't take advantage of being uh, free in Vegas. So, um, you know, obviously I had to go out there and, uh, and, and celebrate, make the most of it, uh, especially knowing that we we're going to be in quarantine for two weeks after that. Um, so, yeah, it was good. We, we celebrated. We enjoyed it all. Mate, the atmosphere at the Raiders game was incredible. Uh, just the same as T-Mobile Arena, mate. The atmosphere to be able to be a part of all them things was it was just incredible. Great game as well. Uh, so it was a you know right to the you know well no sorry we're past the wire because it ended up going into extra time yep. and uh, the Raiders got it. Raiders my new team. Uh, <laughs> so because <laughs> UFC is like my second home now. So uh, yeah, Raiders my team. So go Raiders. Did you get a chance to talk to Dana, mate? And obviously either after the fight or in the days following and. And I guess map out a, a loose plan. Do you like to, you know, tell him what your, you know, wishes are moving forward and, and just, you know, how quickly can we can we expect to see you back in there? Uh, we I didn't get a chance to chat to him. Usually backstage we go and chat to him, but I had to get stitches. And uh, the guy that did the stitches, the doctor did the stitches, he's like a plastic surgeon and he goes above and beyond. So he ended up giving me about a thousand stitches on my cuts. He had two cuts on my face and one on the top of my head. So he ended up putting like literally over 30 stitches plus. Um, so he was taking his time with that. So usually you go backstage and have a quick chat. So by the time I was out, everyone was pretty much gone. Then I had to do the media and all that type of stuff. So I didn't get a chance to chat. So we need to talk to UFC, see what they're thinking. We'll throw out what we're thinking and we'll see what happens going from there. But there's no real plans right now. Obviously, I said I want to stay active. But when you're the champ, you need a, you can't just take any fight. It needs, it needs to make sense. And, you know, you know, it doesn't make sense to just fight anyone in the in the top ten of the no, it doesn't, especially when you've you I've been vocal about how I want to be as a champion. I want the number one guys, guys that deserve it, you know, no shortcuts, all that bullshit. So, you know, I can't you know, I can't just take the fight for the sake of it. Do I move up to lightweight? Yeah, it needs to make sense. I'd rather it be for a belt or or, or something like that. But I mean that timing is not right because you've got Fourier and uh um and Chetno and oh, friggin' Oliveira, sorry, yeah. uh, fighting. So, you know, that doesn't make sense. Then you talk maybe a money fight. That makes sense. Conor McGregor. But, I mean, he's injured. Does that, you know, is that going to happen anytime soon? So, you know what I mean? And then people are going to fight Henry Cejudo. But, again, you know, does he deserve to just 
jump the queue when he's been retired for how long? No. You know, what do I get out of uh, beating, beating him up anyway? You know, does that does that move me anywhere? It's a paycheck. If I do it, it's purely for the paycheck. Um, you know, he's talking about his legacy and all that type of stuff. I go, yeah, yeah, you get a lot out of it. No one cares if I beat you up like I would. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, oh, he moved up. You know, no one gives me credit for beating you up because that's expected to happen. You know, everyone knows I'm. that's what I'm going to do. Uh, you go out there and, uh, you know, somehow make it happen. Mate, yeah, that, that works well for you. But, I mean, what, why Why does he even get that, that puncher's uh, chance? Why should I give him that puncher's chance when I believe that's all he has? If that. No, no disrespect to him. I've got a lot of respect. I think he's got a lot of skills. But, um, man, I'm used to big boys trying to put beatings on me. You know what I mean? A, a little, he ain't going to out-strategize me and, and, and whatnot. And, and he ain't going to hurt me. So, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Again, if I do it, it's purely a paycheck. But let, 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 we'll see. If they want to pay, throw money at it, I'll be like, all right, fine, I'll give them that chance. Is it as simple then as uh, Volkanovski, we the, the, sorry, the winner of uh, Holloway Rodriguez? Um, you know, they're fighting mid-November. Is that that's the number one contender the spot? That's, that's the number one contender spot. Whoever wins that gets the shot. So... That's what I mean. Like, uh, you know, waiting for that. Do I, I wanted to squeeze something in, but we don't know. I'm even thinking about because I can't fight. Obviously, I can't box or anything. Like I have to stay competitive, but I'm, I am allowed to grapple. I am allowed to grapple. So, uh, you know, we're gonna we might be pulling feelers out there. I don't think uh, Ortega can grapple anytime soon. Uh, so, you know what I mean? Like, uh, not grapple. Sorry, can't fight anytime soon. So, uh, you know, he, he will obviously, because of his uh, fractures on his face, he will need six weeks or something to recover, let their bones heal. Then he'll be able to grapple. Maybe we have a grappling match for a bit of fun. You know what I mean? Why there's hype. Let's see if he can take me out in a straight jiu-jitsu match. Uh, you know, I think that'll build a lot of hype and it might give us something to do while we're waiting for the, for the number one contender spot. But, again, just throwing out ideas. Now that, I, you know, it looks like we'll be able to travel, I can do the seven-day quarantine at home soon. You know what I mean? So traveling isn't going to be as big of an issue. Uh, so I want to take advantage of, you know, parading this belt. You know, like I haven't had a chance to for the last two years because we've had COVID the last two years. So, uh, you know, I want, to, I want to celebrate this belt with the Aussies, go do maybe tours in, in Australia and meet and greets and let them have a feel of the belt, let them uh, see the belt, uh, give, give back to the supporters and, and do stuff like that. But we'll just see. We don't know exactly what we're going to do, but there's definitely uh, things we're, we're, we're looking into. Yeah, how crucial is that that change, the move to the seven days home quarantine Vulcan? Obviously, things are tracking really well here in New South Wales with vaccination rates and um, international travels back on for, for the average man and woman on the street moving forward as well because you were asked about potentially moving the training base, you and Joe, over to uh, the United States ahead of the fight. I know the, the CKB boys are have been talking about and discussing it as well. Um, does this change hopefully allow you to avoid that move and, and be able to commit to, you know, stay in Windang for the, for the longer term? It does. It does, a, it does a change. Like, I, we were definitely considering it because, again, we're in our prime, um, not being able to, to travel and, you know, be not only be in the public eye, but, you know, do, do your champ type stuff and not just that, even fighting. You know, you, obviously I missed out an opportunity because of COVID, but I mean, look how far between our fights were anyway, purely because it was, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's hard. It's not easy for us to do a fight camp, get out, you know, especially over the last couple of years. So it was uh, definitely slow, slowing our activity. I'm in my prime right now. 
let's fight as uh, you know as regularly as we can. You know what I mean? Uh, let's take advantage of of uh, of having the belt, all that type of stuff. And then things are going to plan. The seven day quarantines are a massive uh, a massive breakthrough for us uh, to because again, once I fight, the last the, the only thing I want to do is be with my family. So uh, yeah, to go home and, and be able to do self isolation and whatnot, that'll make a, a big difference. A uh, couple more, mate. How's the body, I guess, in general? You mentioned um, the stitches that you had in. Uh, they come out yet? And uh, just how's, how's everything feeling? Uh, what are we, almost two weeks on now from the fight? Yeah, I feel great. We're even back in training. We're moving around, trying to stay active here in uh, quarantine. But, uh, yeah, body body's good. Body is uh, really good. Stitches, I took them out maybe a little bit earlier. I did it, like, after five days because I'll get annoying. But uh, <laughs> they held up. So I healed, I healed up like Wolverine. So we're good. To finish, I guess we spoke a lot about um, the disrespect you'd suffered in the lead-up to the fight earlier in the year. And um, do you feel like even you mentioned earlier about listening to the commentators from the Holloway fight, um, uh, you know, you're up against it against in terms of the crowd there in, in Vegas. Um, do you feel now that, that that shifted and they, the average UFC fan realises that this is a hell of a fighter right here? Like we're talking about, you know, top three pound for pound. Um, two title defences under his belt, uh, more on the way. Do you feel like that uh, that narrative, I guess, around you is, is shifting? It definitely is. Again, uh, there, there, was a, there was a lot against me, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so, but I mean, that that definitely has changed. Uh, again, the narrative, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, pushing a, a narrative about me and a lot of people going in that direction, which was, was harsh at the time. But, you know, again, that just put a, a chip on my shoulder. I had Gave me something to prove, you know what I mean? It made me work harder. I just thought like, you know what? Yeah, that's going to make me, you know, I'm going to prove he's wrong. You know what I mean? And um, again, I use it as fuel. So it's all good. And, and it, it's all, I knew it all would work out in the end anyway. It was just a little hiccup in, in the career. Um, but, uh, you know, I knew we would overcome it and I knew they would eventually jump on board. I, that's always said, I go, the more I'm in people's face, the more they're going to like me. You know what I mean? I'm pretty, pretty genuine, uh, you know, friendly dude. You know what I mean? There's, not really a reason to hate me, but if you do, all good. You know what I mean? That, that, that's on you. I don't mind. But, I mean, yeah, people are coming around now, so it's all good. Well, happy days, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Happy days. A big uh, a big congrats again, mate, on, uh, on what was a, a wonderful performance and, uh, yeah, doing exactly what you said, bringing the belt back to Australia, mate. The, the nation's proud of you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you back in the octagon uh, before too long. No worries, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it. So Volkanovski not quite sure what's next for him and his flyweight title, but no doubt fight fans across the world, but particularly here in his native Australia, will be eagerly watching on when he does return to the Octagon. Perhaps in a grappling contest or some other form of martial contest if he can't quite wait for the Octagon to come. When he does though, you'll be able to read all about it, as well as anything else happening in the world of mixed martial arts at ESPN.com.au. But for now, I'd like to thank you for joining us on another edition of ESPN's Beyond the Lead, this time for a conversation between ESPN's Sam Bruce and UFC flyweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. I've been your host, Joey Lynch, and as a reminder, you can catch this episode, every other episode of Beyond the Lead, and all of ESPN's collection of podcasts and audio goodness wherever you do so happen to get your podcasts from. If you're enjoying Beyond the Lead, or any of those other podcasts I mentioned, the ESPN ones, or the other ones too, I guess. Um, be sure to subscribe, leave a famous five-star review, and help spread the word. 
Thanks for listening today, tomorrow, or whenever you happen to be tuning in. And do not fret, as I'll catch you soon for another deep dive into sports as ESPN takes you beyond the lead very soon.